Life Audio. Hey friend, Heather Creekmore here. Happy November. Today I'm talking to my friend Michelle Rayburn. She's also a podcast host and an author. And she's been on a journey. In fact, I think she says in this interview that her journey kind of started when she interviewed me on her show and read Compared to Who before we talked. And so she was all caught up in dieting and all the things probably most of us have been caught up in. And she's been on a journey. She started following intuitive eating and thinking about the ways she thought about her body and all the things. She's been on this journey, the same journey you may be on today. And so today I'm going to talk to her about the journey. She's going to share her story I really think this is a beautiful episode. I love I love talking to people who have walked walked this this path to freedom. I mean, we are so convinced by culture that the path to freedom is getting an after picture we can post on the internet and then feel proud of our body. But an after picture only lasts for a millisecond. All right, the kind of after that Michelle is sharing about here today will last till and through eternity. Where are we investing? What are we hoping to get our crowns in? Oh, Michelle does a beautiful job today. Just taking us on the path with her. And I can't wait for you to listen. Hey, uh, it is November one month until my brand new book, the 40 day body image workbook, hope and help for Christian women who have tried everything. It comes out December 12th. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it on Baker books. You can get it on christianbook.com, wherever you're buying books and presents this holiday season, go grab a copy for yourself. Grab one for a friend. It goes deep. Okay. It's a workbook, but it goes deep. So you may want to grab a couple friends and just plan to work on it together. Get a group together and say, Hey, okay, we're doing this. We're going to start in January. And this is what we're going to do because we need body image freedom so that we can do what Jesus has asked us to do so that we can love him and love others well, so that we can stop obsessing over our food and our bodies and just be free to serve him. Go check it out wherever you get your books. Let's get going. Welcome to Compare to Who, the podcast to help you make peace with your body so you can savor God's rest and feel his love. If you're tired of fighting body image the world's way, Compare to Who is the show for you. You've likely heard lots of talk about loving your body, but my goal is different. Striving to fall in love with stretch marks and cellulite is a little silly to me. Instead, I want to encourage you and remind you with the truth of scripture that you are seen, you are known, and you are loved no matter what your size or shape. Here the pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it. Hey there, welcome to the Compare To Podcast. I'm Heather Creekmore and I am so glad you're joining us for this conversation today with my friend Michelle Rayburn. We are going to talk about her journey out of diet culture. Now that that might sound really unfamiliar to some of you and some of you are like, oh yes, I know all about diet culture. But diet culture generally, it is kind of this world where we are believing 
all of the messages coming at us related to how we should take care of our bodies. And I'm saying that kind of loosely, <laughs> but, but the goal of what we feed our bodies, how we move our bodies is all towards one end. And that is to achieve a certain body type, body size, body shape, achieve a certain look. And all of that generally kind of falls under this umbrella of diet culture. And so today, Michelle, I'm so glad you're here. You are an author. You have a podcast. And we're going to talk about all that a little later in the show. But I've been watching you. I've been stalking you, Michelle. <laughs> I've, been, I've been watching you on social media kind of go through this journey as someone who, and I'm going to let you give words to this, but from my perspective, someone who may have been somewhat entrenched <laughs> in diet culture and trying all the things and doing all the things and is now maybe like awakening, that's kind of a weird word, <laughs> but like, like your eyes are being open to like a new way of thinking about things. So I'm so glad you're on the show today. Michelle, Will you tell us your story and you can start wherever you want to start. <laughs> Thank you, Heather. Yeah, I'll start back when I started dieting because I think that's a great place to start. I was looking back through some journaling I had done. I'm not really much of a journaler, but if you give me a workbook and you have me fill in some blanks, I'm going to put some stuff down there. And I was looking through this question about when did you start dieting? And I realized it was when my body started getting curves. I looked back and it was around seventh grade, around 12 years old. And I matured faster than some of my classmates. I had curves way sooner than some of them. I started menstruating sooner than some of them. And I remember feeling almost ashamed about my body because I no longer fit in smaller clothing. And, and at that time, junior high, there's a lot of pressure to go over to friends' houses and swap clothing with them. I don't know if you ever did that, but no, no, I didn't. So no. I don't know if it but... was just because I grew up in a, a church where we would go home in the afternoon with a friend and come back for a Sunday evening yeah. service with yeah. them. And while we were at their house, we would try on their clothes. And, and I mm. remember when I stopped fitting into my friend's clothes. And so mm. that was like the start of thinking I had to change my body. And then that began mm. a journey of in high school, going through the, I went to a large high school with really great hot lunch choices. And we had this salad bar line where you would weigh your salad. But then at the end, I would get the Diet Mountain Dew and then the the Hostess chocolate, uh -huh. <laughs> the chocolate cakes. And so it was like this strange dichotomy of I'm going to eat the salad, but I'm going to have the treats. And I remember then deciding after that, I need to walk that off because I had the treats. Mm. So that's really where it began. And then it just snowballed into years. I'm in my 50s. I'm 54. And I would say I spent the last 40 some years in that diet culture of trying to change my body to be what I mm -hmm. thought it should be, whether it was size or whether it was how I looked in photos or whether it was, um, you know, having the right curves and all of that. So that's my yeah. starting point, Heather. Yeah. Let's just pause there for a second. Yeah. 40 yeah. years. Yeah. I mean, well, I guess that's biblical. <laughs> <laughs> Wandering in the <laughs> desert. All kinds of places we go. 40 years. <laughs> but, but like, you know, I mean, my, my journey is very similar. I, I think I only made it to 30 years, hmm. but, but still, and I, yeah. I have clients that are at year 50, year 60. Like that 
should give us all pause. Mm-hmm. Right? This was this was I don't know how you would describe it and I want you to continue with your yeah. story but but like for me it was like a side pursuit, right? It's like I have my life, I have all the things I do, and then there's this like like laying on the side of, <laughs> of this other thing that I have to do. I don't know. Is that does that resonate with I you? I feel like it was more central than that to my thinking. Okay. I don't even know yeah. if it was a side pursuit. I was a stay-at-home mm. mom for a lot of years. I left my career as a registered nurse to stay home with my children. Mm. So I was doing all the meal prep for the kids at home. I was home all day long. So I feel like I got into Bible studies fairly young that focused on changing our body size and making it into a spiritual thing of really this idea that if I'm following God, I'm, I'm, I'm pleasing him with what I'm doing with my body. And so for me, because my faith was central to my life from the time I was very young, then it made dieting central, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think there's a big connection there. And I felt it too. Yeah. Right. Being a good steward of your body. Yeah. Right. That's the Bible verse yeah. means I always have to be on a diet or I have to always be watching my weight or always like whatever fill in the blank here. I mean, is that that's yes. how you felt it too? And this is pre social media. <laughs> so it wasn't mm-hmm. even the emphasis that, you know, we now have in social media It really was peer influence of the conversations I had with other moms when we were at our mops group or when we were at our Bible study or just hanging out with friends. It was conversations about the latest recipe or the latest way to change our calorie count, all of those things. What's the tool you've tried? What book should I buy? I invested in so many plans. I was 21 years old when I was a college student, a newlywed. I realized that the college life had me, you know, staying up late at night and trying to find ways to stay awake. So snacking was a really great way to stay awake. And Mm -hmm. I became concerned about my body size. And um, I joined this very restrictive plan where Mm -hmm. they gave me the food and I ate only Mm -hmm. that. And I weighed in twice a week. And I remember feeling so shamed when somebody Mm -hmm. reviewed my journal of food, when they would point out Mm -hmm. something I didn't do right. I'm a perfectionist by nature. So if you point out something I didn't do right, um, that to me is like you're, I don't know, I just would like the whole week Mm -hmm. is wasted. Kind of like that mindset of like, if I eat the wrong thing, I'm going to say wrong in quotes for the people who can't Uh see us that, you know, if I ate this thing that I had to pay for it later with punishing myself Mm -hmm. in some way. And I can't say that I ever fit into the ideal that I thought I, I thought I should be in. So when I started listening to your podcast a few years ago, it resonated with me. I even had you as a guest on my podcast Mm -hmm. because your compared to who content really, like I was comparing myself to all the people out there. Mm -hmm. So that resonated Mm -hmm. and we compare ourselves to the people who we sit with whether it's at a ball game with our kids or whether it's at church, we can't help but notice. (laughs) And people make comments that we take to heart too of, Mm -hmm. we tell one person they're looking good for some effort that they've made. And Mm -hmm. then um, I turned that into humor when I started speaking. And, And this is what comedians do too, where you think, well, let's just make it obvious. Let's just be funny about it and say, oh, well, if you tell that person they look good because 
their body size has changed, then what does that mean? I've looked like a water buffalo for the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. so I would make jokes like that. Mm -hmm. And I still do sometimes. And I think, why do we do that? Um, so yes, your compared to who content has really yeah. resonated with me. And I think that was kind of the start of my journey of saying there has to be something different. When I started to listen to mm -hmm. podcasts that talked about body image, uh, maybe three, four years ago when I started to really change the things I was purchasing as far as books yeah. and looking for, yeah. for more content related to loving ourselves the way God created us. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with The King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. I love that. And I, I don't, I don't want to overlook what you said a minute ago about the shame yes. around like eating something and again, air quotes wrong, like the pressure of that. Yeah. And like now on this side, I mean, I've been on a body image journey for almost a decade. Well, well probably a decade now, <laughs> but my eating journey has been more recent. It's just been a, the last couple of years that I've kind of figured out how diet culture has been lying to me about food yeah. and, and what to do differently there. But, but the shame yeah, that's so the extra shame, like, and not, like not even like there, there's nothing like necessary about it. Right. And right. I don't know. I love, I love to listen to Tim Keller and I was listening to a Tim Keller sermon just recently. And he was talking about how like we as humans kind of think we can shame ourselves into doing better, mm. but it never works. Mm. Like you can never shame yourself into improving, but like that's so many of these diets that we try, right? right. That is, that is the course. It's like, can I shame myself? It's like, oh, you're going to review my food journal and right. shame me into doing better next week. It's like, it's also shame based. It is. Like how, yes. and why would we sign up for that? I don't know. Why, like, why, why do you think you signed up for it? <laughs> I signed up for it first because I wanted to change my body. Mm -hmm. So these people at, well, whether it was Weight Watchers, the, you know, that was like in college, one of my first things I did because mm -hmm. my mom was doing that. So it's like mm -hmm. my mom was trying to change her body. So I should try to change my body. Yeah. But I've realized too, that that shame culture isn't only when it comes to food and when it comes to body. I also had it when it came to like, how much time did I spend with the Lord? Was I doing mm -hmm. my, what we call quiet time, right? Was I really mm -hmm. doing my my life, my faith, was I doing that right? And so this was just an extension yeah. of that sort of yeah. that shame culture. And I realized that I was right. working to try to please God when God already mm -hmm. loved me as I am. Right. 
And right. so I, I, I think the food piece has been the last one. I released a lot of the, the other shame a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And it was mm -hmm. only in the last few years where I said, there has to be something different. So I yeah. Googled psychology of food because I was still telling myself, it's not, I know what to eat. I've been on 20 different plans. So I know what I'm supposed to eat in my mind. So there has to be something psychological. So I, I Googled the psychology of food and I landed on a very popular diet plan <laughs> that talks about okay. the psychology of food. It's app based. Mm -hmm. So I signed up for it. Mm -hmm. People are going to recognize it because there was. I bet you had a hard time canceling. Uh, no, I actually canceled <laughs> like the same day. Okay. <laughs> so tell you my I was story in the trial, in <laughs> um, but I saw this red light, green light, yellow light for food. Mm -hmm. And I went, mm -hmm. wait a minute, this is still, aren't red lights like a bad thing and green lights are mm -hmm. a good thing? So somehow this is still telling me there's good and bad things. It's no different than anything yeah. else. And so that was when I said, I'm done with all of this. I don't want anything that even sounds like good or bad when it comes to eating or when it comes to how much I exercise or any of that. I want something that is just based on, and I started to think intuitive, you know, I was like, and I had no idea this whole thing existed. So I Googled that intuitive eating and went, oh, <laughs> That's a thing. <laughs> so that was, awesome. yeah, so that's been the start. I mean, there's, there's so many versions of, um, there's a lot of great material out there that's related to intuitive eating or, you know, mindful is another term people use, but that mm -hmm. has been about a year and a half of this okay. walking out of it. I don't track things. I've deleted all the apps from my phone. My bathroom scale lives in the hall closet now somewhere in case we need to weigh suitcases when we travel. Awesome. <laughs> oh, my it. husband likes to step on it once in a while himself. Um, but yeah, that's, so that has been so freeing for me to step out of the shame that you were talking about to say yeah. there is no good or bad. It's really just, uh, I just, I don't know. I feel good instead of feeling bad. So that's where yeah. the change has been. Yeah, well, I love that so much. And, and you know, really what's missing in the life of perfection and good and bad, right, is the grace, yes. right? Yes. And, and it's like that's so central to the message of the gospel. And yet I do think there are so many of us Christian women who are living graceless lives yes. trying to be good, yes. <laughs> right? Yes. You know, to, like I, I, I said that I had like the um, – the good girl problem or the normal girl problem, right? Yeah. Like I, you know, didn't go off and do anything crazy. I just, you know, I was just obsessed over changing my body. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah it's like, and, and, you know, and it's one of those things, right. Where some people think that's healthy, right. It's mm -hmm. quote unquote healthy again, to be obsessed over changing your body. Yeah. Like, no, no, that's not, not what we're called to. Go ahead. Yeah. Your, your recent episodes on idolatry really stood out to me because that was where I, where I realized within, it was about a year ago, where I had always been taught that food was an idol. And mm -hmm. that if I wanted to continue eating this chocolate or that thing, I was drawn to it. And by the way, since I've released dieting, I don't have those strange 
pulls towards yeah. things, which is crazy. Um, because for yeah. 40 years, I thought it was just if I could restrict enough and it was really like, right. you know, but, um, I realized that the idolatry for me wasn't even body size after a while. Mm -hmm. It became the control of the mm -hmm. plan of following the app perfectly of getting the right balance yeah. of things like macros and terms that people use when they're following, you know, these apps. And so for me, the idolatry was obsessing all day long about planning out what I was going to eat. If I didn't have my watch on to track my exercise, how am I going to log that now? Because I missed right. those steps. Like, who cares? But I really right. had to have that on there. And I had to right. look at labels and all those things. So the idolatry that obsessed me was the plan mm -hmm. itself, not even the yeah. outcome. Because I didn't change all that much in 40 years. Right. I really yeah. didn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I love how you said the word control. Yeah. Right? And it's like, I think the jokes on us in a way and it's not a joke at all because it's not funny but it's like we feel like we have control when we do all these things like must keep the control mm -hmm. must have the control continue with the control but it's like do we really have control or does it control us if I can't like go on a walk without my watch which you know been there right, right? right. it's like oh I gotta go back and get it wait that's insane should I do the walk Why again do that? <laughs> right right like that make any sense like it still counts right. even if like apple doesn't know right i did it right yeah but, but it's it's real i mean we can laugh about it because it's very real when you're in it mm -hmm. to feel all those things yes so so what happened michelle is like so one morning so you google intuitive eating like you find it and like you woke up the next morning and you're totally fine <laughs> no like, what's, this is yeah. such a long journey <laughs> it's yeah. like it's, I, can you t can you fill that out more yeah so for me the first thing was saying i don't want that anymore i don't want mm -hmm. that life anymore i i don't mm -hmm. want to be controlled by that that was the first step yeah. And then it was really like, now where do I go from here? How do I start something different? And I did find the intuitive eating book. I found a couple of podcasts. There's one that you've, you've been on, the Intuitive Eating for yeah. Christian Women podcast. Yeah. I found that one and started to listen to other people who had been through that journey to just borrow from their wisdom on how do I get mm -hmm. out of this idolatry that I'm really stuck in without shaming myself for it. Mm -hmm. And while yeah. growing my relationship with the Lord in the process too. Yeah. So, um, I have been, um, it's, it's a daily choice at first for me to not look at labels for me to not mm -hmm. want to, um, label foods in my mind as good or bad. Um, I, I understand there's a whole gentle nutrition part of intuitive eating that has to do with eating nutritious foods. That's sort of where I'm at in my journey now is recognizing okay. that, okay, it's not a free for all. That's for sure. At first it mm -hmm. was, it was experimenting with all the things that I had not mm -hmm. allowed myself to have the cereals that I used to eat in college that I had. And I, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of them I've purchased things and decided, I don't know why I liked it before. It, mm -hmm. it, it was, it was almost that I mm -hmm. liked it because it felt forbidden. Mm -hmm. No, I think you're exactly <laughs> right. Right. That's yeah. the forbidden fruit. Yeah. And I think that's the psychological term for it or the biblical term. Right. <laughs> but, right. Yeah, yeah. It is. It very much is. And you, well, you said it earlier, like thinking that life is one giant exercise in restriction mm -hmm. makes all those foods like must have them more, mm -hmm. but it, it is so counterintuitive how 
once you make everything, and I'm going to use a Weight Watchers word, legal, <laughs> right? Once everything is legal, it's it loses its power, doesn't right. it? Right, it does. So I feel like food has no particular power over me, and I feel freer. I don't have this daily sense of God is displeased with what I ate. I don't wake up on Monday morning and have reset days. <laughs> I no longer I lie in bed on that. Sunday nights thinking, oh, yes. all the things I had this weekend, because there's no more of those oh. what they call cheat days and all of that stuff yeah. in there. Um, also, for me, it, getting rid of the scale was a big step because it had been something mm -hmm. I used to gauge my value almost. Yeah. You know, sometimes when you're in that diet culture, if you do all the things diet culture says to do, and the measurement on the scale doesn't change, it can really affect your your decisions that day. It can affect decisions going forward. So hiding the scale meant I'm no longer controlled by any number. Um, so that includes going to the doctor and asking not to be weighed unless I actually have to for a surgical procedure or something like that. Love it. Um, so Love that it. that's freeing too because um, mm -hmm. to me, we don't even realize how much that number assigns a value, like without us even realizing we're allowing that to sign, assign a value. Um, it meant getting rid of some clothes in my closet mm -hmm. that were incentive things, you know, <laughs> like uh -huh. I intentionally uh -huh. purchased them in a different size as a motivation, only it, yeah. it became shame rather than motivation. Right. So yeah. uh, boxes of things went to Goodwill and I have worn shorts. I know that's something you've talked about in your show. Mm -hmm. yep. It's something I, I owned maybe two pairs of shorts and I only wore them if nobody was going to be coming to my house that day. And if uh -huh. it's hot now, I wear shorts. <laughs> so that's a big change. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. What about mentally? Do you feel like you got a bunch of space back? I do. In your mind? I do have. And I'm not I'm not even thinking about the next meal. That was something in, mm. in diet culture where I was always thinking about when breakfast finished, what am I going to have for lunch? What is my mm. next thing going to be? All of that. I'm that, so that's freeing right there. And, yeah. um, it's like I said, it's still a process because I'm still sensitive when I'm around people who use terminology that, cause this is a topic body changing, mm -hmm. clothing, food, all of that comes up with most of our friendship mm -hmm. circles. So I'm still working on what do I do and what do I say when that comes up? Right now I'm still silent. I'd love to know if you have tips for what you do in that next phase. Yeah, yeah you know, it is, it is tricky. Like there, you have to know your audience. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes our friends are our toughest audience. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I've said things like, you know, yeah, well, we might all have different definitions of health mm -hmm. or, you know, like, like some subtle things like that. But like, honestly, it's tough, right? Yeah. Because just like with you and me, uh, let's go back 20 years. Mm -hmm. 
I I know 100% that if someone had come up to me and said, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be following that plan. You should be doing this. Like, you, there's no need to be f- afraid of food and don't, you know, get rid of your scale. I would have been like, you are insane right. and <laughs> exactly. so unhealthy. Like, get out of my life. I can't talk to you anymore. Like, so, so just recognizing the reality of like, they have to be open and receptive mm-hmm. to this part of the journey. And even, you know, I, I, so I, my friend's. Aaron and Shara at Intuitive Eating for Christian Women at their podcast. Like we, Aaron and I talk about this all the time, just like, which comes first? And I'm always like, you have to bo- do the body image work first. Mm-hmm. That's, I'm like hardcore mm-hmm. on that. They're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, unless, unless you can be free to be, to have your body be whatever size, you know, <laughs> it's going to be in this season of life, right? Because mm-hmm. It does change seasonally. Oh, it has changed for me in menopause <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, so, and, and that's not like we need to normalize yes. that too. That's a whole other tangent, yeah. right? Because my goodness, like our body's trying to protect us. Our body's not like, oh, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> now you're 50. I will get you. <laughs> that's not it at all. Like our body isn't like reading magazines. Like how can I ruin her life? Like, no, there's a reason for it. God designed our bodies on purpose for a purpose. There's a reason why we all get a little bigger in the middle when we get around 50 and you know so all like normalizing all these things but but unless we are free from the stigma and shame and frustration of my body should look like that Mm -hmm. I want my body to look like that I'm not going to be happy unless my body looks like that like then we are stuck and so to your question with like friends they might not be that or on their journey yet, right. but I think we can hook them. I don't think we hook anyone with food, right? In fact, I've even like gone back and forth. Am I talking about food too much on this podcast? Like, am I scaring people off that really need this message? Because I think people have to be hooked with body image. Mm-hmm. They have to be hooked with, yes, you're right. I am tired of trying to change my body. And like you and me, I've been on this journey for decades trying to change my body. And guess what? It's not working. Like none of the 20 <laughs> diets I've tried have changed my body in any lasting way. So I give up. I'm out. Help. And that's a person that is ready for the next, mm-hmm. I'd say, step of the journey, right? They're ready to do the hard work around body image. And then eventually you can touch their food. Yeah. But like, well, even for you, what? It was how many years were you kind of dabbling in the body image space before before food kind of came up? Hmm. Like a year? Yeah. Yeah. It's been, I, it's kind of all intertwined for me, I think. Uh-huh. But yes. Uh, the rules, when you look at diet culture, have to do more with food. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the mental space is really, like you said, about body image. And and I do have some friends I really respect who it's really about physical health, like related to mm-hmm. specific diagnoses that they've had and things mm-hmm. like that. So sure. we do recognize that. But in even those spaces, we can become obsessed And realize that body image isn't always about size or shape or fitting into a certain size of clothing or being able to wear shorter skirts and look a certain way, all of that. It can also be our definitions of wellness. And so there's this health at every size movement that you've Mm -hmm. talked about and other people have talked about. That has been helpful for me to understand that I do some of the same things 
that somebody in a smaller body might do. I go hiking with my husband. I enjoy being active with him. I'm a writer, so I'm fairly sedentary in my work. Mm -hmm. But um, that, you know, health isn't just about what I eat. And my my body size isn't just about my health. So it's all Mm -hmm. kind of tangled up together. On one day, if you ask me, it might be about um, the permission to enjoy M&Ms without guilt. And another day, it might be the to enjoy exercising for the sake of just going on a walk and feeling the sun on my face. And there's no other ulterior motive for it. Um, So it just depends on what day you ask me. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. Well, who's noticed? Like, has your husband noticed or your, I know you've got two married sons. Mm -hmm. Like, has anyone been like, Hey mom, you're different around food or mom, you're more fun now. Or any, any, anyone noticed my husband, because I've talked to him Mm -hmm. about it because he knows, Uh you know, he offers me ice cream now without feeling like I'm going to like, he doesn't know what he would get in the past. You know, are uh-huh. you going to be mad at me for offering it? Or what plan are you on today? Is it going to be okay <laughs> to have it? Like now he just knows, would you like a bowl of ice cream? And I'd be like, Oh uh, no, I'm not really hungry right now. Thank you. And he, I think for him, it is freeing <laughs> for him to not wonder yeah. Yeah. where can we go out to eat? Because last week she couldn't eat at this place. And you know, so yeah. for him, it probably is more about the food. Um, he, and I want to say my husband has always been accepting of me at any size. There has never been a request from him for me to change my body. I don't even know what it would be like if that were a factor, because that would be a whole level of complication that I don't have. So I know I'm privileged to have that. Um, he has loved my curves from, I've been with him for, I mean, we've been married 34 years almost. So Oh, He's wonderful. known me since wonderful. I was a teenager. He's been on this journey yeah. with me from the beginning of restricting. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know that I my that. kids have really noticed. Um, mm. Some people might notice that I, uh, I, I'd i have to get inside of somebody's head to know what they notice. But uh-huh. I can go into my own of where I was 10 years ago. And if I saw mm. somebody eating the way I do now, I mm. might assume, and this is just me, I might assume they didn't care about themselves anymore. Mm-hmm. That they'd given up? Yes. That was where I yeah. was personally. I would be judging what yeah. somebody else ate at lunch and thinking, oh, she she would be so much happier if she did something about this. <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah. And if I only knew. I didn't know. So right. I don't really know what other people think. I really don't. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a really great point. In fact, I talk about that in my book that comes out next month. Um the concept of like feeling like people are going to think you've given up mm-hmm. when you stop dieting. Like, oh, I guess you've decided you don't care what your body looks like anymore. Oh, I guess you've decided <laughs> you don't care what happens to your health because I see you eating that pizza and it's the gluten full, full kind, not the gluten free <laughs> kind or whatever. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's a, that's a real thing. Yeah. yeah. It's a real thing to, it's like we'd have the one, well, let me, let me back up. In diet culture, when we're absorbed in diet culture, right, we have this fear of what are p- people thinking about our bodies, mm-hmm. you know, are, are we pleasing to other people in the way we look, right? Are people going to approve of us because of what our bodies look like, right? Yeah. And then you step out of diet culture 
And it's the same, it's the same kind of approval is sneaky in the same way. <laughs> yeah, it's just changed, true. right? And approval is like, oh no, now people think I don't care about my body anymore. And it's like, you weren't free back then. You weren't free when you were dieting, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's the lie is like, well, you were, you'd be right. free if you were, you know, still following that plan. No, no, no. You weren't free then. Exactly. <laughs> yes. You're just, maybe you still, maybe the next layer of the journey is to like work on the approval side. Like why are you still stuck on finding other people's approval? Because both sides of the fence are still, um, you know, there's still a struggle there for a lot of us, right? That is so true. I felt that too. I remember when I was 21 and had gone on this, um, it's, it no longer exists, but it was, um, this, it had physician or doctor or something in the title of the program. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that makes it legit. (laughs) (laughs) The one where they shame me and weighed me twice a week and all of that. Mm -hmm. And when I reached a certain goal, they, took my picture, went, sent me to a professional photographer, took my picture, put me in their ads in the newspaper. And I remember my mother-in-law cutting that out. My mother-in-law was very critical of people in um, larger bodies. But, you know, I look back now, she's no longer living. And I think a lot of it was part of her own struggle. You know, when I was younger, I took it to heart, but I don't think her intentions were bad at all. But she hung that picture up. And I remember after that, getting pregnant, having babies, and that picture was still yellowing on her refrigerator. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking that, you know, this is a constant reminder. You didn't stay here. You didn't stay here. Mm -hmm. And so that approval started pretty young and thinking about what Mm -hmm. other people think. And I've always been, you know, since having children, I've always been a curvier person. Mm -hmm. Um, So... For me, the way I've sought approval has been, if I go out for a walk, I'm going to take a picture of myself doing this walk, or I'm going to take a screenshot of my steps for today, or I mean, it's almost like I had to prove I move, I do stuff, you know, and it's like, I, I've stopped doing that. If I take a picture when I'm out walking, it's because there was a cloud that was really cool (laughs) Uh Uh because it doesn't matter what other people think. They don't have to. Mm look at me and go, oh, wow, she moves a lot for a person her size. You know, I don't need that. Yeah. Do you feel lighter now? I feel lighter emotionally. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know that it, I deceived myself into thinking I felt lighter when my body was smaller. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now mm-hmm. um, I think freedom is something we don't really realize how, you know, shame, getting rid of shame, that freedom that comes with that feels very light. And, Mm -hmm. um, I can't, you know, my body is aging, so my joints are getting creaky (laughs) and I get up Mm -hmm. out of a chair and I, you know, it's like everything has to get that synovial fluid moving again. So (laughs) physically I don't look like I feel springy and, you know, like, um, but emotionally, yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 I I mean, I love that. And I feel like that is, it's like, that's our underlying desire when we're trapped in diet culture, right? Mm -hmm. We want to feel lighter. We want to feel better. We want to feel good. And diet culture says, well, you will feel good as soon as you become the after picture that someone puts on their fridge. Mm -hmm. Yes. But then, you know, as you know, the data, right, 95% of us will not keep off any weight for really, it's more like the two-year range, but definitely by five years, right? So as we watch women attain that status, that picture, it's not in the newspaper anymore, probably that picture on Instagram. (laughs) So that dates me a little bit with the newspaper part. (laughs) Oh, yeah, me too. (laughs) But, But... 
but watching watching that happen for people and i think really not having a response of envy yeah or or not having a response that we're sucked back into ooh that person's getting approval that's what i want like i i need to do that too but recognizing like the real joy is in is in the freedom right the real joy is not not making that what we do with food and body yeah what our joy and life really depends on i think that's yes that's what helps us feel that lightness it also is a a, like a spiritual growth process when you release Mm -hmm. all the mind space like when you're out walking and your mind is about planning out something related to changing your body when you release that Mm -hmm. there's this freedom to then think thoughts about my relationship with god it's you know thoughts about how do i build a relationship with this other person it becomes more relationship based meals become more relationship based instead Mm -hmm. of centered around uh, food and so um, that part of life is more enjoyable to be able to focus on relationships my husband did say that i seem and i guess i didn't even make that correlation he said that i've been um like I'm not as snappy as I used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm calmer and I have a lot more grace. And I guess I yeah. never made the correlation. He just said, I noticed you've been really working on that over the last uh-huh. five years or so. And I'm like, huh, I wonder if maybe that's related to yeah. me not being hungry I all the time. <laughs> yeah. I, I tell, I wrote yeah. that in my new book too. It's like, I, I know to your point with relationships, I know I am better able to love God and love others well since I've stopped dieting. Yes. Part of it is just physiological. I'm not hangry or hungry (laughs) all the time. Right. And the other part is just exactly like you laid out so beautifully. You get the mind space back. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I can actually think about other people and, and, and maybe even to make it real, like at mealtime, like I can actually think about what other, what might bring joy to other people to serve mm-hmm. instead of being so consumed with what can I eat? What am I allowed to right. eat? You know, or, I mean, I've, sh- I think I've shared this story on the show before. It's really embarrassing and quite a mea culpa for me, but I, we, I had a surgery and people were bringing food to our house and I was just like, oh, I can't, I mean, I would never say this to anyone, but it, internally, I was like, I can't believe they would bring this food. Like, don't they know I can't eat that? Like, how insensitive. And 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 looking back on it, I was starving. Like, I was just really hungry. And so that was what my wow. anger came out of. But but what a reaction. Like, people were kindly and generously bringing us food because I couldn't cook. And it's like, oh, it's so embarrassing to look back on now. But it's so true. Yeah. It it. It's too, it takes too big of a place in our lives. There's, and, and some people say, can I do both? Maybe, maybe you can. I never could. Like it, there was no way for me to be on a plan and, and living life. I think as God has called me to live it. I don't know. What do you, what do you think? Yeah. That's important to note that, you know, cause we, we both have friends and people we love that are listening to this episode who, mm-hmm will say, well, that isn't my story. And that's true. Mm-hmm. This is my story. Yep. And their story is different. And maybe five, 10 years down the road, they'll have a different version of their story. But mm-hmm. I, if I'm going to love myself well, it means I'm also going to love them well where they are at. And mm-hmm. so that yeah. also means not jumping into my go-to mode of being critical of somebody else. Cause that really mm-hmm. is in my, you know, uh, in the theological circles, they, when somebody is enlightened, 
by um, mm -hmm. something new they didn't understand before. They, there's this term they call cage stage. I feel mm -hmm. like that was me when I first discovered intuitive eating. Like everybody needs to do this. And what, mm -hmm. you know, like um, yeah. I'm going to go on. So you, you probably saw some when you said you saw some reels about my journey. That was me saying, hey, everybody, this is, you know, I'm settled yeah. down now. I'm not yeah. really so much in that everybody should think this way. Everybody should pursue their journey and ask God yeah. where he would want them to be. Yeah. And that might be pursuing a journey of something more along the lines of being intuitive about their eating. Mm -hmm. It might be a smaller step than that, but yeah. um, I want to, I'm here for anybody who is thinking they want to do something different from where they're at. I know Heather is here for that too. So for the listener out there, if you're thinking, I don't want to keep going the way I am, there are people who will listen and say there, there are other alternatives you can take. I love it. I love it. Michelle, tell us about what other projects you have going on. Oh you God. have a podcast. Yeah. What What's going on on the podcast this season? And tell us about your books and all the things you've got going on. My podcast is called Life Repurposed. And this is really comes out of the idea of wanting to find hope in the trashy stuff of life. We all go through difficulties and we all have before and after stories. They're all different. And so everything I do is really tied into that idea that in the midst of the struggles we have, God is there. So whether it's a Christian living book, a humor thing, or a Bible study, that's really the center. So my latest Bible study is a four-part series called Remade. And the first one is out. It's called Renewed. And they're just Bible studies to walk through scripture and look at what does God say about all these RE words being remade, mm -hmm. renewed, repurposed. So I love that. And then I also like doing compilation books where I invite other people to send in their stories because for me, I like I told you, I can be a judgy person. So I could think that like my story is the right one, you know, <laughs> like when I hear other people's stories, whether it's interviewing someone on the podcast or putting someone else's story in a book, it helps me to have empathy for other people. It helps me to understand that their journey is different. So I just released one for boy moms and just all 18 moms talking about their stories. I have other ones in the works. So that's kind of a summary of what I do. Love it. Oh, I love it so much. And I'm just so grateful for you being here and sharing your story with us. I know your journey is going to be inspirational. I know someone listening or watching today was like, oh, me too. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've done that too. I've thought that too. So, so thank you for your willingness to just be authentic and, and share your journey with us. I truly appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And for the listener out there, if you are listening today, just know that if Heather were to interview me in five years, there's going to be another version of my story because I'm always <laughs> changing. God's always working on me. So this is where I am today. And this is where Heather is today. But yep. next year, there's going to be an even better iteration yep. of us. Yeah. Thank you for saying that, right? Because <laughs> in the book, in my first book, Compared to Who, this is where I have to hang my head low. Like I talk about weighing yourself regularly as a way to like keep things under control because that's where I was and so people read it and they're like what oh Heather you're triggering us like, I'm sorry like I've changed like, it's not in my new book but it's just like two little lines and because I'm traditionally published I can't go exactly. change those two little lines so anyway yeah. I appreciate you yeah, saying that Mich you. Michelle where can everyone reach you and listen to your show they can find me at michellerayburn.com and then from there they can find my show my books my socials. 
Wonderful. And I'll put links to all that in the show notes. Well, Michelle Rayburn, thanks so much for being on the show again today. Thank you, Heather. And thank you for watching or listening. I hope something today has helped you stop comparing and start living. Bye-bye. The Compared to Show is proud to be part of the Life Audio Podcast Network. For more great Christian content, go to lifeaudio.com. Often we believe our questions mean we don't have faith, but I believe Jesus loves our questions. Our questions are windows into heaven. I'm Caden Fabrizio, and on the Questions with Caden podcast, we ask and answer one question per episode as relevantly and biblically as possible. Questions about fear, anxiety, depression, addiction, and so much more. Don't worry, your questions, they're not going to scare Jesus, so ask away. Listen and subscribe now at lifeaudio.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.